for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. Welcome to the update. On today's show, six years after Levi Stadium opened its doors, the 49ers are set to host the first playoff game in stadium history there when the NFL's divisional round kicks off Saturday afternoon. So we thought today was the perfect day to have on our NFL staff writer and film room junkie Ted Wynn to break down how the Titans shocked the Ravens in Baltimore. Who wins the battle of Watson v. Mahomes in Kansas City? Why the Bay's Aaron Rodgers and the Pack will get their revenge on the Hawks? And what the Niners need to do if they want to play a second playoff game at Levi's this season. It's Friday, January 10th. Well, Ted, wildcard weekend definitely gave us plenty to talk about all week long. Tom Brady playing potentially his final game with the Patriots. Drew Brees and the Saints get knocked out on that questionable non-call again. Um, from your unique perspective, though, as a former coach and researcher who dives deep into the film each week, wondering what or who stood out to you in our four games last weekend? I think the biggest story is just the Patriots getting knocked out of the wild card. I mean, well, one, them playing the wild card is a big surprise. Yeah. And two, them getting knocked out at home by a quarterback that passed for less than 100 yards is just wild to me. So that really stood out. And it just kind of signifies maybe the end of an era, maybe the end of Tom Brady in New England. And, you know, with the Titans, you know, they are such a weird team. And they've been such a weird team this season winning some games they should in, and all of a sudden Tannehill comes in and kind of revitalizes his career, and now he's in a divisional round of playoffs. So uh, that was great to see. It's almost like you knew what my next question was, Ted. <laughs> are, you, are you looking at my computer? Because you had a great film room breakdown of the aforementioned Titans quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, as you tried to figure out if he's the real deal or if he's a mirage. I love that. So wondering what new information you gleaned from Tennessee's big road win at New England. Well, he wasn't the the reason why they won that right. game. And it was because of Derrick Henry. But I, I think that, like I mentioned in the article, I think he played at such a high level this year that expectations are going to be sky high for him. But I, I think he has improved as a quarterback. But I just don't know that he's going to be that tier one type of quarterback but luckily for the Titans, they defensively they look re- they look great. They look like they really improved throughout the year. And under Mike Vrabel, I think he's a really good defensive coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, their run game with Derrick Henry, nobody wants to tackle him in December and January when <laughs> no. it's cold, and he, and he's just running over guys in New England. So they don't need him to play like a really elite quarterback. I, I don't think he's quite there. But they have a really really diff- difficult matchup with the Ravens. I, I don't know if they could overcome that, but I think in Tennessee, the, the future is bright. Yeah, so let's get into that. What do Tannehill and the Titans need to do to pull off what I think would be an absolutely massive upset of Lamar Jackson and those Red Hot Ravens in the late game tomorrow in Baltimore? Well, they're going to have to stop the Ravens' option offense, and that's really tough to do because you just don't see that that often in the NFL. Yeah. And it's like cramming for a test that you're just totally not prepared for in one week, and they're just not used to that type of test, you know, because – College defenses, they spend all offseason, all year, practicing against the zone read. But the NFL, they'll dabble it in the, the offseason. But then once it comes to game week, they really have to focus on these techniques and concepts that they just aren't used to doing. And they have to get it all done in one week. And then when they go on a field, they have to see Lamar Jackson and see that type of speed, which you know is unlike anything they've seen. And it's going to be a totally different game than the one that they played in New England. So it's, it's a really tough challenge for them to be able to do that. And I I just don't know if they could overcome the Ravens' offense. And the Ravens' defense has played a lot better. And they've been blitzing a ton. And Tannehill really struggled against the blitz against New England. 
Uh, so right now it looks like a big mismatch for me. But like we said, the, t- the Titans are a really weird team <laughs> yeah. too. So uh, you know, you never know they might come out and just play a crazy good game too. Well, and speaking of great dual threat quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and the Texans squeaked past the Bills in overtime at home last week. This weekend, they're paying a visit to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the early game on Sunday. So what is the film saying to you about this matchup? Against the the Bills, they didn't have to cover a lot of great receivers. I mean, Cole Beasley's a good receiver. John Brown's a good receiver. But they didn't have to cover a lot of speed, and they played a lot of man-to-man coverage, and they were able to kind of bottle Josh Allen in. And they even struggled with Josh Allen running at times, too. But they're going to see a lot more speed against the Chiefs and their wide receivers. And I just don't know if they have the guys to be able to cover the Chiefs' wide receivers. And Patrick Mahomes is playing at a really high level right now. Uh, too, and they actually beat the Chiefs in the regular season, but I think the Chiefs' defense is playing at a much higher level than they did during that time they played, uh, especially their run defense. In that game, the Chiefs struggled to stop the Texans' run. Running play, big hole, Carlos Hyde, stiff arm, and Hyde finally brought down as he took it just short of the 20. Fake the give. Watson has options here. Watson, the shake and bake, the twirl for the touchdown. Deshaun Watson puts the Texans in front. Texans were able to control the clock, but I think the Chiefs have defense has gotten to a level where they will be able to contain the run. And again, I just don't see how the Texans can cover the, the Chiefs wide receivers. The Cal Grand Me is pretty darn excited about the, the late <laughs> matchup on Sunday. Marshawn Lynch and the Seahawks visiting Aaron Rodgers and the pack in Green Bay. I know you're a Davis alum, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to be feeling a little bit of UC pride. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved watching Marshawn at Cal, too. So I'm, I'm a big Marshawn fan. And when he punched that uh, ball into the end zone, he, when he dragged those two defenders mm-hmm. in, I, I, was, I was out of my seat. That was awesome <laughs> to see. First and goal from the five, Marshawn Lynch. Can he fight his way in? Yes, he can for the touchdown. We're all thinking the same thing. It's like the Super Bowl when he got from the five to the one and they didn't give it to him. This time he gets from the five to the one and busts his way in. Well, there's no doubt in my mind, and I'm sure anyone who knows anything about the Chico native Aaron Rodgers agrees, he has not forgotten about Mm -hmm. that gut-wrenching loss to Seattle in overtime uh, in the 2014 NFC title game. Do you think Green Bay is going to need that extra motivation, or are the Packers simply the better team this time around? I think the Packers are the better team, but it's just so hard to stop Russell Wilson and the, the way he could create plays out of structure that that offense. And I think the one thing that Seattle has to do is they, they have to be able to run the ball efficiently. Last year, I thought they were too conservative in the playoffs, especially against the Cowboys, trying to establish the run, and even though it wasn't there. But if they could run the ball efficiently, and if the Packers start loading up against the uh, the run, they have to go heavy play action early in the game. But it's going to be a tough to play in Lambeau. But if you could get some big Marshawn Lynch runs in there, get mm-hmm. like a Beathquake part two, it'll, <laughs> it'll definitely quiet the crowd down. What do you think about the Packers on the offensive side of things? What do they need to do to be successful? Well, against that Seattle style of defense, they have to be patient and take some of the underneath routes. And Rodgers just really wasn't taking those underneath easy throws as the season was ending. And their offense really struggled because he was trying to go for the big play too much, taking unnecessary sacks and that sort of deal. So Rodgers has to play kind of outside himself and be a little more conservative and be okay with taking those short underneath throws against that Seattle style of defense. Uh, So we'll see if he can do that. I think if he does that, the Packers will be able to win. 
the Packers just seem like a, a, bet, a much better team than the, the Seahawks right now. But, again, the Seahawks have Russell Wilson, and he's been playing at that MVP level right now. Yeah, you just got to have mad respect for him, regardless mm-hmm. of who you cheer for. And, obviously, hardcore Niners fan here. And speaking of, we've waited long enough. Let's talk Vikings-Niners. Kyle Shanahan's former quarterback and Kirk Cousins against his current Jimmy G-led squad. Um, what are your initial thoughts on the 135 kick tomorrow down at Levi's? Well, I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the top, if not the top, play callers, play designers in the league. When he has a bye week to prepare for you and have all that extra time, I think it's going to be really tough to stop that offense. And they've gotten healthy at the right time, too. Their offensive line is healthy. Uh, Debo Samuel, their rookie receiver, is playing at a high level. We know George Kittle is just a monster. (laughs) Uh, So I think the Niners' offense is going to play really well defensively. We'll see. Their defense has kind of fell off towards the end of the season a little bit. When Quan Alexander went down, uh, I think their linebacker core took a hit, and guys are attacking them in their intermediate short areas of the field when that kind of neutralizes the pass rush. So we'll see it with a little more extra practice if those linebackers could play at a better level. Kirk Cousins is really good at attacking the short intermediate parts of the field with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. So I think it could be a challenge defensively for the Niners. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those high-scoring games. Yeah, let's go inside the mind of the enemy, the Vikings. What do you expect their strategy to be coming into Santa Clara? They're going to want to run the ball. The Niners tr- struggle to really stop the run this year, especially with Quan Alexander out, out of the lineup. So obviously they're going to try to run the ball. They're a big, big play-action team, kind of like the Niners. So they're going to try to attack the intermediate short parts of the field play-action game. But I, I think they're gonna, really going to try hard to establish the run, and I, that's what Mike Zimmer wanted when he made that move to Kevin Stefanski, the offense coordinator for the Vikings. You know, that was the mindset of switching to offensive coordinators. So they're going to really try to run the ball and not turn the ball over against the Niners. Now, all of us who are listening know that you've covered the Raiders and Niners extensively for a while. What's impressed you most about this Niners team this season? I think what impressed me most is that they have playmakers at every position group. And they step up in those big moments. Whenever there's a big game or the team just needs to play, their stars step up. Garoppolo in the gun. Kittle to his left. Raheem Mostert to his right. They twist the front. Garoppolo going to throw a deep shot. Down the field! Emmanuel Sanders has got it! Garoppolo back. He throws out left. Caught! George Kittle down the sideline. 40. Runs by a man. Stiff arms a man. Still pushing it out. Flag! Three flags come in. They make it George. For a personal foul on the stiff arm. Marcus Williams face grabbed mask, his face, face mask. mask. Face That's going to be a penalty on wow. New Orleans. Wow. Second and four, Niners. End around to Debo with check out to block. He's got the left edge. Same play. They score the touchdown against the Rams. Breaks a tackle and he's in. Touchdown! San Francisco! Feels great, baby! Also, when somebody goes down, one of their backups will come in and one of their role players will make a big play, too. You have guys that could step up in those big moments like they have and not let you down. You have the ingredients for a championship team. So overall, I just think they have playmakers all over the field and they they make plays when it matters most. Who should Niners fans be rooting for in that aforementioned late game between the Seahawks and the Packers? So I think they want to see the Seahawks. They have experience against the Seahawks. I think when they're healthy, they have some really advantageous matchups like Kittle against that, those Seattle linebackers and they could handle Clowney when they have a healthy offensive line as well and Kyle Shanahan does a really good job of scheming up against that Seattle type of defense so I think Seahawks would be a good matchup for them if they move on to the championship round. 
And I know you look at these games a lot different than a lot of us fans do. Anything that I didn't ask you about that you're going to be keeping your eye on heading into this uh, divisional round weekend? The one thing I really want to see is how the Titans are going to match up with the Ravens option offense. It's so different, and I've been writing an article about the Ravens offense and why it's so hard stopping them. So I'm really curious to see what the Titans do and how that type of offense will perform in the playoffs. Well, looking forward to that article and looking forward to the games this weekend. Ted, really appreciate you making the time. Enjoy the football, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me on. So uh, is it Saturday yet? (laughs) Thankfully, as I mentioned earlier, Niners fans, you don't have to wait long for that first-ever playoff game at Levi's as the Vikes and Niners get the weekend started with a 1.35 kick on Saturday afternoon. They'll be followed by the matchup that's captured Ted's attention, Titans-Ravens from Baltimore at 5:15. Then on Sunday, Houston and KC will do battle at 12.05 at Arrowhead with Lynch v. Rogers, Seahawks-Packers, putting a bow on things with a 3.40 kick from Lambeau on Sunday afternoon. For Ted's sensational coverage of the league, check out his podcast with former Raiders linebacker and Oakland's own Kirk Morrison called Run the Film by clicking the description notes of our podcast here today. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update. His career started at Cal's Memorial Stadium when he was just 10 years old. And on Christmas Day, 39 years later, Jimmy Graff passed away. The absolutely wonderful story of the longtime Giants and A's hot dog vendor's life, as told by his friends and family. 49ers Chief Administrative Officer and General Counsel Hannah Gordon stops by to discuss one, women of the Niners, and a number of other off-the-field successes for the red and gold. And more importantly, get into why the initiatives matter so much to her and the organization. And on our next show, top-ranked LSU and the defending national champion Clemson Tigers square off in New Orleans on Monday for this year's college football national championship. So we figured, who better to get us prepped and also help us understand the path for the Pac-12 getting back to that playoff than the editor-in-chief of our college football site, Stuart Mandel. That's your update for this Friday. Thanks to KNVR for the highlight sound. Hi, guys. And thanks to you for tuning in. If you're liking what you're hearing, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and spread the word. If not, that's cool, too. For Tanika, Brian, everyone here at The Update, I'm Kate Scott. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday.